Hey guys, welcome back to Off the Water. This is your host, Darth Yacker. Joining me tonight, as always, is my pal, Tyler Caldwell. We also got a special guest with us, Jonathan Carter, joining us from 120 miles out in the Gulf. Uh, I know he didn't get there paddling. Um, I understand he's got a Hobie. Got him out there, even through these rough winds. So uh, looking forward to talking to Jonathan tonight. Uh, some of you may know, if you fish Falling Tide or check out our Facebook page, Jonathan was fortunate enough uh, to take second place slam at this past year's falling tide tournament he's going to join us tonight and talk to us a little bit about um you know fishing the tournament what he did his strategy and how he managed to come away uh, with second place in such a good field of anglers we've got some other really good things to talk about tonight we're going to be um updating everybody on on the angler of the year prizes we've got the final list of, of prizes given out for the angler of the year we've got the last tournament coming up the championship tournament that will uh decide the first through fifth place prizes uh, i'm sorry uh, first through fifth place participants who um who are going to take home some prizes we're also going to be talking about the championship um we've got some uh some interesting things coming out some uh exciting news we're going to be we're going to talk about tonight and um we're going to also be getting into our nominations and elections normally we have um a lot of people uh, not wanting to volunteer for officers this year. We've got a glut of people. So real happy to see that we're actually going to have an election this year for a position. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, that part, what you can do if you, if you want to, uh, to participate in that. Uh, lastly, if we have time, we're going to touch briefly on next year's tournaments. We've got uh, the format coming up that we're, we're looking at. Certainly we want your input. We want to know what you guys like where you like to fish, what you like to fish for, the formats that you like. Be real interested to see that. We um, start getting that information together now so we can start setting the tournaments uh, soon. There's a lot of in, uh, a lot of things that go into this. It's it's a matter of scheduling and coordinating, not only with, with like the Lafayette Club, but there's also IFA. There's some bigger tournaments out of state. We try to do our best to avoid the holidays and things of that nature. So we start planning them now even for tournaments that are going to take place, you know, a year from now. So really want to get your input on that. If we have time, feel free to post your, um, your uh, comments on the message board. Tyler will read them out and we can certainly discuss that. So real quick though, before we get into falling tide, which I know we're all anxious to, to, to get back to and, and kind of relive a little bit. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a former guest we had on current Bayou coast member, uh, you know, we never know what these people are that are in our club. You know, we've got electricians and plumbers and lawyers and um, accountants and just all kinds of people. Jonathan's an offshore guy. You know, he, he's working out there. We're going to learn a little bit about that. Uh, one of the guys, though, um, I'm not going to mention his name. I don't want to embarrass him, but he's a, a Purple Heart recipient. He was in the military, served a couple tours over. I think he was Afghanistan or Iraq. I, I didn't know this about him, even though I've, I've gotten to know him a little bit more recently. And he was in a, a gunner, I think a machine gunner in a Humvee, and his Humvee actually got hit by two RPGs. And he shared that video with me. And, you know, just to see him keep his cool through all that, you know, I know if I'm in the marsh and I hear a gun go off, I'm ducking for cover and <laughs> you know, I'm trying to lay down as low as I can because I don't know where those bullets are coming from. You know, this guy's in a Humvee. An RPG hits the Humvee. They keep going. He's still, you know, up there. He's still looking around. He's still trying to do his best. It wasn't until they got out of danger that you can really tell what was going on um, and that he was injured. And he, he hurt his knee pretty good. So 
you know, if you get a chance and you're at these tournaments, you can find out a lot about people just sitting down and talking to them. And that's one of the things that makes our club great. And one of the things that he relayed to me recently was that he loved the club. I think he loved being in the military because of the camaraderie and the friendships that were made and a feeling like they were all in it together. And um, he didn't say it to me, but I think when he got out the military, he found something kind of similar in this club because, you know, we're all in it together. We're all looking out for each other. We're all trying to help each other. We're all kind of in it to make this club great. Now, certainly I'm not comparing a fishing club to the military. I mean, that would be completely inappropriate, but I think some of the, um, the relationships that you have, some of the friendships that you can make and, and, and everything, it's a, it's kind of an interesting comparison. So, you know, I, I wanted to thank uh, that member online for his service, everything he did. Certainly I'll, I'll try to help him out any way I can, although he seems to be doing pretty well on his own so far. Um, but fallen tide, uh, we, we ended up, it was a little, little nerve wracking the day before we had, a some bad weather coming in and we were thinking, eh, it's just going to be typical old fallen tide Patapalooza weather. Uh, but it cleared up on Saturday. You know, I thought for the most part, Tyler, I think you'd agree. I think the weather was, was pretty nice. Yeah. A little breezy, but, uh, it was really a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. I, I don't recall us getting any rain that day. Um, I think it even started warming up a little bit later in the, in the morning. Yeah. It was no rain. Nice and nice, cool, comfortable temperature. Yeah. Um, I started out, uh, I fished Lake Hermitage. Um, a lot of people were, were fishing out of there and, um, it's a little bit of a drive from Venice, but you know, I knew the redfish were out there. We, we did real well out there there for, um, rumble on the river and, uh, the trout had started showing up. So I felt pretty good. I could get a trout redfish and hoping for the flounder. And I kind of made some bad decisions early. Uh, the, the trout bite, at least what I had seen was a little bit later in the morning. And I decided to go for the trout first and I didn't catch a trout for the first three and a half hours. And I spent, I went way out hoping to catch a bigger trout, lost a lot of time, came back in, decided to go get my redfish, caught my redfish in like 30 minutes. And then by then it was noon and I was struggling to, uh, to catch a flounder. I only had about an hour, hour and a half to catch a flounder. We had to get back for the weigh-in. I think if I had kind of maybe rearranged some things and, and, and focused on trout mid morning, Maybe I would have a little bit better chance, but, uh, you know, it happens. You, you take a chance and you go out there and you, you, you try to, you know, go for the gusto and you end up uh, missing a few things. But, you know, overall, I saw some really nice fish brought in. Certainly we had a lot of redfish come in. Um, I want to say we had, I know we had a number of redfish, the top five, I think were all over seven pounds. There were some nice, nice slot redfish brought in. A lot of flounder, more flounder than I thought we were going to get uh, coming in. Um, and you know, you know, and we had some, some trout obviously. And then we had guys that went out there, caught their flounder and redfish, couldn't catch a trout or caught a trout and a flounder, couldn't catch a redfish. And, uh, it's funny on those kind of days when everybody thinks you're looking for the flounder and you got some of those guys that got the flounder and just can't find one of those other two fish. But overall we had, uh, we had, I think 102, uh, people sign up for the tournament, Tyler. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And we had some awesome captain's bags this year. Um, Fallen Tide is, you, you know, usually the, 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 the little brother to Patapalooza. Patapalooza is our big one. But I thought the captain's bags out this year were outstanding. Uh, big thanks to Aaron LaRose, our sponsor coordinator, for getting a lot of that stuff uh, put together. And for, uh, for our other officers, uh, Eric Stacy and the Little Rascals for cooking. They did a great job. Um, you know, uh, Josh Thompson and, and, and Todd Lewis and, uh, you know, Chuck for, for weighing in the fish and, and uh, uh, Jason Bain 
for getting all the raffle stuff together. Uh, you know, everybody really contributed. We had a lot of volunteers, so it really went well. The, um, the, the captain's bags though. I mean, we got, we got a t-shirt. I think we had some gulp bait provided to us by, by one of our sponsors, pure fishing, um, some new death grip jig heads. Is that, is that right? Uh, yeah. Four horsemen cork. Four horsemen cork. And I think some other people were lucky enough. If you won the early guys registering, you also got some additional soft plastics in there. So it was a really good captain's bag. Uh, I was very happy with it. I'm still kind of going through it and looking to see what, uh, what I plan on using here coming up this week. Um, but, uh, let's, let's go over to Jonathan now, Jonathan, I know you've said we were talking a little bit before, um, you were originally from Houston, Texas. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Born and raised in uh, Houston, Texas, been fishing ever since I was a little kid, uh, fishing everywhere from as far South as Corpus Christi, all the way up to, uh, Galveston a lot. That was me and my buddies every weekend. We'd get together and go fishing if we could. Yeah. And, um, you went to college, I understand at Texas tech. Yep. Way out in West Texas. And as I, as I, and you know, in the, uh, normally I don't keep up with Texas tech, but you guys were paying less miles this weekend, <laughs> uh, right? Less miles as Jayhawks. Yeah. Something like that. That was a crazy ending to a football game. Yeah. Did, I don't know. Did you see the game? I saw, I saw part of it. So for anybody who didn't catch the game, uh, let me kind of put it in reference for you guys. So it's less, and you know, crazy things happen when Les Miles is coaching your team. So Kansas and Texas Tech are tied, and Kansas is lining up for like a 40-yard field goal to win the game, a few seconds remaining. Um, they kick the ball. They kick, they kick the field goal. It's blocked at the line of scrimmage but continues forward. It's recovered by someone from Texas Tech. The Texas Tech guy starts running it back like he's going to score, right? Inexplicably, he laterals the ball to no one behind him. <laughs> it's recovered by a Kansas player who then goes on to take the ball to the ground and let Kansas kick the game-winning field goal to win the game. If you've ever watched any LSU games with Les Miles, this sort of thing happened to us once a year. You know, you, you should have lost the game, and for some unknown reason, the less magic takes place and you know, winning. So, but anyway, um, I thought I just, the only reason I mentioned that is, is just cause I was, I saw that, that play from this weekend. It was, it was pretty crazy. Um, so you, uh, you from Texas and then you and your wife moved down to Louisiana. So I actually met my wife in Louisiana, but, uh, yeah, the Texas, Texas tech, Kansas game. That's, that's Texas tech football for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you fired your head coach and now he's coaching the Cardinals. Yeah. 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 Got to go to the Saints game on Sunday and watch, watch them in action. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So what brought you down to New Orleans? Uh, work, work. So I was, I was based out of Houston for a while. Um, and then moved to New Orleans about five years ago. Uh, pretty much as soon as I moved, I realized the fishing scene in uh, New Orleans and Louisiana was, was very different from, from what I was used to. My only real experience with, with kayaks back in Texas was kayaking out big dead baits for big bull redfish and sharks. And one of my favorite things growing up was fishing the flounder run every year. So I've always had a lot of fun targeting flounder in Texas, especially around the Galveston area. I mean, we catch a lot and a lot of big flounder, which I come to find out in Louisiana is not always the case. There's, there's a couple little areas that, uh, seem to be flounder magnets. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's definitely different. Texas border over Lake Charles, you can, you can do some, some flounder. And I think, um, out in the lake, right. 
like right. lunch train, they'll, they'll catch some flounder, but, uh, you know, the bigger right. flounder anyway. So, you know, certainly knowing how to catch flounder uh, probably assisted you greatly in these slam tournaments. It did. Well, so actually the, uh, the first kayak fishing tournament I fished with Bayou coast was paddle Palooza last year. And, uh, I ended up winning big trout, which I caught the big trout literally 10 minutes into the tournament, a nice 24 and a half inch trout, which up to that point in Louisiana, that was the second biggest trout I'd caught in Louisiana. So I figured that I was probably going to be good there. That was the second biggest trout you caught in Louisiana was a 24 inch trout. Yeah. I'd, I'd caught a 26 in the winter before that. Jesus. I mean, that's what I like to do is go after big trout and flounder redfish. I haven't quite figured them out as much. Well, I mean, if you can figure out catching 26 inch trout and big flounder, I think the redfish (laughs) is going to come easy for you. You know, maybe one day. I mean, it took me all my life to catch a a trout, you know, 26 plus. I mean, so you come out here and and catch it right away. That's, that's really remarkable. It's a, I mean, that's, that's a big trout. I mean, 24 inches is a huge trout as well. Was, I think I remember that. Was that like a five pound trout? Yeah, I think it was like four and three quarters or or something like that. It was a super them? super fat fish. Did you catch them by the rocks? Yep, on a top water in so, the dark. <laughs> you know what? And I'll tell you why I remember that. Because I took second place big trout at that tournament <laughs> out of Palooza last year. And I said, I had a nice trout. And I was like, I got back in and I saw, uh, I think Brock actually may have had third place big trout that year. I got back in and I saw that trout. So I got, I got no chance in there. <laughs> That thing was massive, but I remember somebody catching a big trout and it was, it was like four or five pounds. And I thought what I remember was someone catching it at the pass at Grand Isle. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, that, that morning I had four trout, 20 inches plus in about a 45 minute time. I couldn't leave them alone. I had to keep fishing there for a little while, (sighs) which going back to your whole strategy thing earlier, I wasted some time, some time there doing that. And fish the whole rest of the day hard and did not catch another fish the whole rest of the day. Oh my God, that sucks. Yeah, it's not even a bite. It's tough when you get on a bite like that with trout like that. I mean, if you're catching trout 20 plus inches, you're almost on top water. On top water, (laughs) I'm not screw it. And I'm just going to fish here for big trout all day. I mean, I don't (laughs) care if I win slam or not. I'm going to sit here. Who knows? I mean, maybe you catch a 26, 27, 28 incher. I mean, that's, it's hard to leave at that. I mean, the fact that you left it's pretty impressive. I would, I would think pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh, I definitely had a strategy. Yeah. So, so big trout at Patapalooza last year. Uh, yep. This was your first year fishing fallen tide. Yep. Yep. I didn't get to fish fallen tide last year. Had to go to work. So got to miss out on that one. Unfortunately, that yeah. I, really highway 23 is where I like to fish uh, most of my time. Okay. Uh, I live in New Orleans, so we fish Highway 23 a lot. The past year, I've started fishing around uh, the Hopedale Shell Beach area a good bit as well, mm-hmm. just to try to try to learn something a little bit different. Yeah, a lot of great places to fish down Highway 23. Um, and what I find, it's not nearly as um, uh, it doesn't have as much traffic as say Hopedale Delacroix. I mean, because you get a lot of boats that fish over there, you know, yeah. especially Highway 23. Not as not nearly as many, um, and you can really kind of slip off into the marsh and, and not be too worried about it. Uh, one of the things I don't, and Delacroix is a great fishery, but one of the things I don't like launching out Delacroix is it's just got boats everywhere, you know, and the grass. Yeah. I hate grass, but you know, it's a whole other story. <laughs> That's so, where I hear the redfish are. I haven't quite figured that out, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, you show me how to catch flounder. I'll show you where to go catch redfish and Delacroix. <laughs> That's a deal. 
that's a that's a nice even swap. I know Tyler's got a few good holes over in Delacro as well. I'm sure he wouldn't mind showing you for a a flounder spot or two, that's right, Tyler? Sounds like a good trade to me. It seems like a great <laughs> trade. I suspect he's going to have a lot of text messages after the show offering to show him some great redfish spots for a flounder hole. Yeah, maybe so. So what was your, you, you had uh, pre-fished a little bit before falling tide? No, so I actually didn't. I really wanted to. I ended up not getting able to. The only, I guess, pre-fishing you could call was I did fish uh, the Redfish Rumble Tournament. Yeah. And, uh, I had some buddies who went to Hopedale. I had fished Hopedale a couple weeks before that and caught some really nice redfish. So I, I knew what was there, but I kind of wanted to scout out some different places a little bit further south around Venice. Fished hard all day, caught a lot of reds. I think I caught like maybe 15, 16 reds, but everything was small. So really? I knew that was that was the only highway 23 fishing I had done really in, in a couple months. Hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I knew to stay away kind of from that from that area down down in Venice. I know there's big redfish there and people catch them. I just I couldn't quite figure it out. So I went went back to what I knew. Okay. So what w- what did you decide to do as far as um Fallen Tide, as far as your strategy, you know, you, did you figured out where you wanted to launch and kind of how you wanted to target the, the fish in what order? Yeah, so I, I knew probably early on I wanted to try to go after a trout early just to try to get it done out of the way, and usually I can I can get that part of it done. And then after that, just target flounder and maybe hopefully bycatch, catch a redfish or something like that. Uh, I looked around the conditions. Um and first thing I did is I decided I was going to launch, launch at Joshua's Marina. So I stayed mm-hmm. there the, the day before the tournament so I could get down there and kind of get, get set up and everything. And the water was way, way higher than I thought it was going to be. I, I stayed at those little cabins behind the uh, marina. Yeah. And there was six inches of water directly underneath those camps. And right at the wow. edge, there was a foot to two foot of water above the, the little levee right there. So I was able to launch just right there you know, first thing in the morning, right out the back of the camp. That's awesome. So you went fishing out of Joshua's, um, yep. that morning. Okay. Yeah. I know a few people fish out of Joshua's, uh, some good results, some, some nice flounder caught out of that area as well. Um, so d- did you go out, you, you were able to catch that trout first thing like you planned? Yes. So, so I started fishing for hopefully a trout, maybe a flounder pretty early. Um, I started fishing right at five o'clock had the first trout by five thirty, which I think ended up being my biggest trout. I caught three or four other trout incidentally just throughout the rest of the day. Um, but I think that was the biggest one that I caught. So pretty quick after that, I swapped to just targeting flounder. And in my experience, I I've always done best catching flounder right at the very tail end of a falling tide. And I think on that day, the falling tide wasn't supposed to stop till maybe like noon, something like that. So I, I figured it probably wouldn't really turn on until later in the day, but just give it a shot anyways and fished all that marsh. Didn't catch any flounder, didn't catch any redfish for several hours. Kept fishing around uh, by like where those islands and all the marsh and all that in Joshua's is. Caught a couple redfish, a couple small redfish. I hooked a couple really nice redfish that were probably upper slot, maybe a little bit over, but got broken off on two of them. Mm. So that, that kind of... <laughs> Uh, that hurt ended that, up hurting hurts. a lot worse towards the end after I actually did catch a flounder. <laughs> yeah. So I, I fished around for a while. I saw, uh, I saw Brock and talked to him for a little bit actually. And then kind of so left that where Brock was fishing, left yeah. that area and headed North. And, uh, I headed North, started fishing some other areas. I saw some areas that, uh, I figured would probably hold some flounder 
within about 10 minutes caught a flounder and flounder are this especially this time of year they're almost always stacked up in in little pockets so i kept fishing that same area and ended up catching four flounder within about the 30 minute time period it was just wow. a, a quick bite and i lost i lost probably 20 dollars worth of tackle and all the junk that i was fishing um and finally i just said okay enough's enough i gotta go try to catch a bigger redfish to try and upgrade and that was that was kind of it so how, how big was your trout uh i think it was like a pound and a quarter something like that like decent decent little early fall 15 trout. inches 15 16 yeah, it's like 15 16 inches yeah and, and your flounder was what size i think it was like 18 inches that's a nice was, flounder yeah yeah it was a pretty nice flounder it was yeah. like maybe three pounds i think 2.8 three pounds something like that and i, I guess your red was what what, what killed you yeah, I think it was like, well, I thought it was a pretty decent red for me, but it was, it was only six pounds when I saw all the other, it was like six, six and a half, something like that. But there yeah. was, there was a lot of really good redfish weighed in. Oh, I mean, you know, but d- d- really if, I mean, if I'm, if I'm sitting there thinking I got a, I got a, you know, 16 inch trout, 18 inch flounder and a six and a something pound red, I'm feeling pretty good about that. You know, I mean, I was, I was pretty excited I bet you <laughs> to were. say the, to say the least. I bet you are. I mean, a lot of those flounder that come in are, you know, those little potato chips, you know, you get them 12, 13 inches. I'm happy if you get one like this 12 and you figure, well, even if he shrinks, he ain't going to shrink below 11 because I got an extra inch to, you know, to, yeah, to, you to get spare a little, spare, a little spare, bit. spare room. Yeah. So that's awesome. So you come in, you were feeling pretty good about yourself, you know, about, about your chances yep. of, uh, of at least, you know, figuring you, you probably get at least place in the tournament. Um, you get nervous at all when you get in and start seeing some of the other fish. Uh, I did a little bit. I saw more flounder than I expected. Yeah, uh, and too. then I, I, I definitely saw some of the nice redfish that people had. And, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking, man, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I figured I did pretty good. I called my wife, uh, shortly after I'd weighed in and, and told her I had done well and I was excited and she was excited for me. And the first question of course was what are the prizes? What are the prizes? <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about fishing and at all, but they know no. what the prizes are. No, not at all. And, uh, big thanks to the backpacker for, for supporting the club and supporting these tournaments. And I, I told her how the prizes were and I told her third place was the, uh, the gift card to the backpacker. Yeah. She said, Ooh, I hope you get third place. And I said, no, no, that's not the way this works. <laughs> no, I mean, look, uh, uh, you know, I, that, that third place gift card, you know, you think there's a lot of things, a lot of nice things you get the backpacker. I mean, besides from kayaks and accessories, they got clothing and skiing and shoes and just a lot of great things. Yeah. And appreciate you mentioned kind of words about backpacker and, you know, Brock's over there. Um, Hobie, especially, I mean, these tournaments wouldn't be the, what they are without uh, without uh, sponsors like that uh, pitching in and helping us out. Did you end up staying for the uh, the weigh in and the raffle and everything that night? Oh yeah, I did. It was it was it was an awesome experience. First time fishing Fallen Tide. It was it was a ton of fun. Did you did you stay at uh, Venice that night or did you drive back somewhere? No, I ended up staying uh, just back at Joshua's again. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, I think we were up a little late that night, just picking up and, and, and stuff. So if you ever get a chance to actually stay at the weigh-in, that's, that's key. Yeah. That's, that's key, especially after such a long day. And I just find it's it's the safest thing to do. (laughs) I was exhausted. I I wanted to drive home just being in New Orleans, but even then uh, it was, it's, it's an hour and a half drive to my house from there. So it was too far for me after that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we, we always look at things like that. I mean, that's a big, big discussion point for the officers every year about that. And, and certainly, um, 
you know, we had some high water at Venice this year. I mean, it was crazy. Leaving Sunday, we were going through 10 inches of water just to get out of there. Yeah, you know? super, super high water. Super high, super high. So uh, you want a brand new Hobie Compass. So yep. what type of kayak do you fish out of now? So I, I had, I, I still have a uh, Hobie Outback, a 2019 Hobie Outback. Oh, well, yeah. I bought, I bought a new kayak just about every year, every other year uh, since, since I moved here, I was used to wade fishing and, uh, wade fishing in the marsh in Louisiana doesn't really work out as well as you think it would. No, <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. But, uh, no, compass is a nice little kayak. It's a good, you know, secondary kayak. Uh, I keep a spare and I know a lot of the guys in the group keep, keep these older ones just when they take it out friends or family, or maybe sometimes the wives want to go peddling around in in the lake or something like that. So hopefully you yeah. get some use out of it, uh, one way or the other. Well, look, we've got a lot of things to cover tonight. I, you know, I want you to feel free to stay on and kind of comment if you want, but I know, I know you're on the rig. So if you have to go, I, I, we, we understand, but uh, we're going to be covering some things. So certainly we want to get your input if you want to want to stick around with us. Uh, for yeah. A while. Okay, yeah, great. Sure thing. I'm done working for the day, so I'm, I'm here till we're done. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, before we get off the subject of Fallen Tide, I want to announce the rest of our winners. Um, we've got... Uh, in the leopard red category, I'm going to have to read down here a little bit. Uh, fifth place, leopard red, Dan Robdale. Uh, congratulations, Dan. Fourth place, Tyler Caldwell. Uh, third place, Chris Cox. I think we got a Kyle Traylor and Eric Green. Um, for some reason, the uh, the um, spreadsheet that was given was real small. So, Saddle Flounder, Toby. Armand, uh, Todd Lewis, fourth place, Saddle Flounder, Stephen Nguyen, third place, Kyle Oob, second place, first place, Steve Roberts, Mule Trout, Josh Red, fifth place, uh, Benton Parrott coming in from Florida, fourth place, Aaron LaRose, third place, uh, Brennan Bayard, second place, and Jonathan Squints Fanoy, first place, Mule Trout. Uh, the big red category, fifth place, Victor Diaz. Fourth place, Bobby Douglas. Third place, Jason Bain. Second place, Jonathan Kraft. And first place, On Win. I'm seeing a lot of officers on this. I got one, two, three, four officers placed in this tournament. Very good, very good. Uh, Cajun Slam uh, category. That's our big category. So let me let me take a little bit look at our spreadsheet here. We go take a look at that. So um, we had some some really good uh, slams brought in. I know Aaron and Todd had just finished out the top five at sixth and seventh, 7.22 and 7.13. But fifth place, uh, Doug Menefee had a, a total slam of 7.36 pounds. Um, fourth place, Mickey, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize. Marchavavi, Marchavava, uh, 7.87 pounds. Third place, Gavin Billyot, 8.65 pounds. Um, Jonathan Carter, our guest here tonight. Second place, 9.74 pounds. And Terry Pham, um, Terry, incredible slam here. He had a slam of 11.48 pounds that was really anchored by a huge flounder he caught. It was 3.65 pounds. So congratulations to Terry. He uh, took home first place prize. Uh, it was a brand new um, pro angler. I think it was camo colored. So I know he was pretty excited about that. He was playing coy the whole day. Telling me he didn't catch anything. He was struggling. Da 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 da. He ends up coming in with a really nice flounder. Um, nice size red too, six point eight pounds. Trout was was okay, one point oh three pounds. 
but really a 3.65 pound flounder down highway 23 is, is, is real nice. Um, so one other thing to mention was kind of interesting. I think we may have blow, broken a club record for leopard red. You know, Gavin Billyot took third place overall for the uh, slam category because it was the higher paying category. He won the thousand dollar gift card to backpacker, but he had a 61 spot leopard red. Uh, that obviously would have taken him first place in leopard red category, but because the slam category was, was a little bit better paying category, uh, he got moved over into the to the slam category, but 61 spots. I think Tyler's uh, got a picture of that all up there. Just an incredible, uh, you know, redfish number of spots. Um, certainly the most I've ever seen brought in uh, on a tournament. So again, congratulations to all our winners. Congratulations to you, Jonathan. Uh, big congratulations to Terry. I know he's been fishing hard. Um, he, he says he never is a pre-fish or scout, but I know he does. But congratulations to you, Terry. Man, that was a, just a great award. Uh, a great slam for you uh, on um, on Fallen Tide. So uh, kind of moving on a little bit, uh, the next thing to talk about, Angler of the Year. Uh, I know a lot of you guys um, don't get the opportunity to fish a lot of these tournaments. If you, if you do, you're interested in fishing them, you know, next year you get to drop a, uh, a, a tournament from, from the, um, the five tournaments that we fish. So if you, if you want to fish them next year, you have any questions about the format, you can go on the website bayoucoast.com and look at events. Tyler's got it all spelled out as far as uh, how the events work and how the points work. And so this year uh, we have some great prizes for our first through fifth place uh, winners, uh, fifth place. And, and these are all prizes uh, provided to us by a great sponsor, Pack and Paddle. Uh, they're one of the, um, the kayak shops out of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, really great company over there. Great people working over there. Uh, love going over there. I stop by anytime I'm in town. Uh, and they've donated a lot of these prizes uh, for second through fifth year. So fifth place, uh, we have a douche rod. It's $150 value. Fourth place, we've got a Yak Attack lithium battery, Visipole, and uh, two Omega rod holders, pro rod holders. That's a $285 value. Third place, we got a Hobie all-cargo cooler, a Hobie inflatable PFD, and a Sea tug cart, uh, $350. Second place is a Sims shopping spree and St. Croix Mojo Yak Rod. That is a $550 value. I think the Sims shopping spree may be $400. I'm not sure. Maybe $500. have to take a look at that, but that's a $550 value. And first place is uh, uh, provided by the club, and that is a $1,000 cash to the, to the Angler of the Year. So last year's uh, Angler of the Year, I'm looking at the, uh, the thing now, is uh, Steve Lassard. Big congrats to Steve. He's in the running again, I think sitting in. In second place uh, right now, tied for second. So again, big thanks to Pack and Paddle and John Williams over there uh, for donating these prizes to us. Looking forward to um, to giving them away at the end of the year. Uh, I think the first through fifth, it's a tight race. It's going to be decided uh, really by the end of the year tournament. I think we we have eight or nine people, you know, all vying for those top five places. So the championship tournament, more likely than not, is going to determine. Um, you know, who's going to walk away with a thousand dollars and who's going to walk away with those other prizes. So, um, speaking of that, we've got the championship coming up and this has been a really, really great year for the club, for the tournaments. We've got, uh, I don't know if it's a record number of people attending, um, Tyler, I don't know if we keep records of going back to all the tournaments we've had. We've had different formats, different tournaments, different times of the year. But um, 
We've had four four qualifying tournaments, which had been uh, Minimalist Challenge, Trout Challenge, Double Trouble, and Rumble on the River this year. The fifth one being the championship now. And um, we had such good turnouts. We're actually going to be able to pay five places this year for the championship, which is pretty good considering it's, it's going to only be 40 people uh, who qualified for the championship. The, uh, the five places uh, guaranteed right now, the top three places are guaranteed payouts of $2,000 for first, $1,500 for second, $1,000 for third, uh, fourth place. It's estimated right now at about $440, I think, and $200 for, for fifth place. Um, there's also going to be some uh, Calcuttas for big trout, big redfish. It's $10 a piece, completely voluntary if you want to fish those. But it could be some really nice prizes. So even if you don't end up in the top five or you don't end up in the top 10, if you catch a nice trout, uh, you know, a 24-inch trout out there, which I wouldn't be surprised if we do. November in Leeville is a great place to fish for big trout that time of year. But you catch a big trout, everybody signs up for big trout, and most people normally do. That's $400 cash. Same thing with big red. You're looking at about $400 cash. Um, The other big thing we have coming up, and this is for everybody, everybody participating in the tournament, uh, we'll get a free T-shirt. So we've got a uh, Brendan Bayard has designed us a T-shirt for the championship this year. And um, so the club's kind of gone out a little bit, it's been a little bunny, and we are buying T-shirts for everybody uh, to kind of commemorate the championship and and, um, and them coming out fishing. Is it, is it a T-shirt or, or is it long sleeve? I wasn't sure. Uh, Brendan's making that decision, I think. <laughs> I forget what it was. Yeah. But speaking was- of those, those T-shirts at Fallen Tide were nice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing I was wondering, I don't know if Aaron had told us, or maybe you have some notes over there, but don't we usually get contingency prizes for the championship? I think we do. I think we do. I don't I don't have that. Um, we'll talk about it on our next podcast. We'll have another podcast the Tuesday before the championship, but I think we do have some contingency prizes. Um, we'll certainly have to check on that and see. So just real quick, there was some confusion in the rules a little earlier. Um this tournament is, uh, it's a championship. It's our championship. It's kind of a, uh, accumulation of, of everything we've done over the year, a celebration at the end of the year. And, and we're a kayak fishing club. And so one of the things we've done for our championship, we don't do this for any of the other tournaments, but for the championship, we ask that none of the participants scout out of a boat or a motorized vessel kayak with a trolling motor or a torpedo or scouting in a boat. The reason we do that is because it is a kayak club and we want everybody to be on an equal playing field for the championship. So, you know, a lot of our members love to fish. They've got the, the trolling motors. They've got boats and stuff like that. Some of our members don't. And we really want everybody to, to have an equal chance to go out there to scout um, and to be able to, to hopefully, you know, win this prize, which, of course, we've got the championship belt, which, you know, it's, everybody really wants. We're going to have some really nice plaques, some big prize money, um, et cetera. So, that there was actually a, a miswording in the rules. If you look under there today, I think the boating blade we're starting, I think Tyler says tomorrow. Um, normally it's as usually as right when the rules go up, we ask everybody to, to cease scouting from boats. Uh, but in this case, because the rules were, I think misworded a little bit or poorly worded. And I, I take responsibility for that. It's going to start tomorrow. So please don't scout out of a boat. Also, please note that the dead period we have for scouting will, um, will start November 6th usually about 10 days before the tournament. Um, you can't go out there and fish. You can't go out there and scout. You can't go look for redfish. And that's within a five-mile radius of Topwater Marina. So you can still go to Golden Meta 
you know, you can still go down to Grand Isle if you want. Just don't go to Topwater. Don't fish in that area. And it's only for 10 days. Then everybody will be allowed to fish the day before the tournament that Friday. Um, you know, we give enough notice. So if people want to take off, it's a good time to come out. If you come out Thursday night, we're going to have food out there. Uh, if you want to stay Friday night, we're going to have food out there. So, you know, we're going to be cooking up, um, I don't know, gumbos and pork roast. And I think Terry mentioned something about bringing some, some egg rolls and, uh, some, um, some Boston, butt. I think he said he might smoke some Boston, butt. so we're going to have a lot of good food out there. Um, Thursday night's usually the night to have fun. Uh, hopefully we'll have the little bar area open under top water and we get a lot of people out there and they'll sit out and have a few drinks, tell some lies, some fishing stories, et cetera. You know, kind of get up a little late on Friday, not too late, but get up a little late, kind of pal around a little bit, do a little scouting and get back in early because Saturday is going to be a grind. I mean, Saturday, I think we've got launch time set at 6 a.m. If I'm right, Tyler, I think it's six. And I think it's, we fish till three. So you're going to have a good nine hours and and double check the rules on that, but you can have a good nine hours. And um, the way it's going to work, it's going to be a shotgun launch at a top water. And we want everybody there at the time to sign in. If you're, if you're not able to get there, if you're running late, give me a call. My cell phone number's on the rules. We just want to make sure everybody's launching from the same area, roughly around the same time. Um, but you can be able to go across the street if you want. You can be able to tow your kayak with some wheels, go and launch on the other side of Topwater if you want. Uh, so as long as you don't tow your boat anywhere or in a truck or anything, you'll be fine. So um, some some other big news we're going to have. Uh, thanks to Cabela's, our, our great sponsors over at Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops. They are donating some prizes for the championship. Uh, so this is going to be a free raffle for everybody that participates and that hangs around for the award ceremony. Now we're not going to, it's not going to be small bags of bait. It's not going to be hooks. It's not going to be, you know, little items. We're probably going to do four or five really nice items. Uh, we're not going to say what they are yet, but you're definitely going to want to stick around. I mean, if you, if you know kind of the grand prizes that we do at the end of Fallen Tide and Patapalooza, maybe something similar to that. Some of the really nice prizes you'll see over there. Uh, I think especially with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, I think a lot of you guys will be real happy with what we're giving out. So uh, if you're fortunate enough, you know, and and you want to stick around and and see the award ceremony, you'll have a chance at, I think, walking home, at least if you don't place, maybe with some really nice prizes. Uh, And again, that's going to be a free raffle for everybody. Um, Next year, next year, we haven't decided the format or location for the championship yet when it will be. We're going to see how everything plays out this year. Got some big news for next year, though. Got it. Tyler, uh, can you tease him a little bit? I know we're not going to announce it yet. I know we're going to announce it, but I think it's official now. So maybe I know this is something Tyler's been working on for a little while now, so maybe Tyler could give us a little tease about our championship next year and maybe what first place may, may take home. Uh, I would say um, first place could potentially um... – be nearly double of what it's paying out now. Like yeah. Total dollar value. I would say probably double. Yeah. Cash and prizes, you know, um, I'm really excited for next year. I mean, this was, this was huge. Tyler has been working on this for a while and, uh, he, he finally got, a, he got us a new sponsor and, um, we're excited to make the announcement. Can't make it yet. Tyler, he, 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 he brought it in. So he's going to make the decision where we're going to announce it. It may be after the championship. Who knows? Maybe he'll announce it at the championship. We don't know yet. But uh, for you guys who haven't heard yet, y'all are going to be excited to hear about it. You're really going to want to fish the championship next year. 
Uh, again, I think we'll probably have, I mean, first place could be worth $4,000, $4,500, something like that, just depending on, on, on the cash value, uh, et cetera. So that's going to be that's gonna be big. We're also working on some big things next year, a couple other things, not quite confirmed yet. We're still waiting on that. Hopefully, we'll be able to announce something before the end of the year. But I think that's going to be a really big deal for the club if we get it. And um, But we don't want to say anything yet. So, okay, uh, nominations and elections. I think we've got pretty much the most of the people have been nominated this year. Um, and Tyler, you may be able to fill us in, but I think we've got Josh Thompson has been re- nominated for re-election as president. Yes. And um, Jason Bain, I know, as treasurer. Jason's been doing such a great job uh, as treasurer, and he's working on some things for us. Um, Todd Lewis, I think, is sponsor coordinator. Yep. Sponsor yeah, and I think Michael Etheridge has been nominated as sponsor coordinator too. That's right. We got Brendan, and Brendan Bayard for vice president. Brendan Bayard for vice president. Brendan's getting back on board. He's got some ideas. He wants to. Uh, and Brendan's a great guy. He's been with the club a long time. He's got some really good ideas. He wants to share and, and kind of get back involved. Then I think Tyler, our own Tyler, is going to be the uh, secretary, but mostly he's he's our IT guy. You know, he's in charge of everything electronical uh i don't even is that a word electronical i don't know electronical uh in, in the club so <laughs> tyler's gonna be in charge of that uh, that wine looks good it is good it is good it's good i know you can't have any though yeah it's unfortunate yeah. <laughs> why don't you tell why don't you share everybody with what our two dollars and fifty cents uh, a gallon gas is is paying for these days for dinner oh don't do that to oh me. come on now you know uh, we all know these guys that works on rigs Sure, no, sure. two two fifty gas isn't bad. What's that? I said two hundred and fifty gas isn't bad. It, no, it's not we, bad. It's not bad. I just think that maybe if y'all were having ham sandwiches, I'd be paying a dollar fifty. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but I like prime rib. You like prime rib? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this: I know y'all were eating. I think you said fried shrimp. I don't know if y'all launched out of Louisiana. Uh, did they did they label it? Did they tell you if those shrimp were Louisiana shrimp or not? Because they're they're supposed to label them nowadays. I'd be surprised if they're Louisiana shrimp. <laughs> well, they, they could have been Alabama shrimp, though. They could be. You think they were like overseas shrimp? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I just I like know, to eat them. I know the way those companies spend money. They they they're not buying any any really cheap imported shrimp. They're they're getting the good stuff. They're getting the local Louisiana Gulf Coast shrimp. I'm sure y'all get crab legs out there too, don't you? Who? That's a that's a rare occasion. You gotta get. You yeah, gotta but y'all something. do though, don't you? I've had it a time or two. I mean, I've heard some stories. I've heard some stories. Crazy thing. It turns out that uh, Jonathan's actually out there. I said, Jonathan, you know, hundreds of rigs out in the golf. I said, I got some friends. He says, I don't know if you got anybody you know that works on rigs. I said, I do. I've got a good friend of mine. His name's so-and-so. I just saw so-and-so 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Same damn rig. I'm on. You know, it's, it's it's just a small world out there. So yeah, we got 200 people out here. So there's yeah. there's quite a few of us running around. Yeah. Do y'all did they do a lot of um fishing? Or are you too far out for the tuna fishing over there? Oh no, we're prime, prime tuna. We get hit up with with a lot of boats. We're pretty far east in the Gulf, so we get hit up with a lot of tuna boats from uh, Alabama, Mississippi, even some of the Florida Panhandle fisher uh, really? fisher boats. Well, we're going to keep on going. Tyler's going to have his work cut out. He's going to have to do some more editing again this week. <laughs> it was all it was all those electronical things. Yeah. <laughs> Damn gremlins. It's, it's because we got so sidetracked from talking about uh, officer nominations to soft shell 
crab legs to, uh, I mean, soft shell crab to tuna fishing. Yeah, we were talking about crab legs, not soft shell crab legs. I know. And then we, crab legs. we didn't even talk about the, the big to-do, which is the runoff between Chuck and uh, Dan Rodbell. We were getting there, but I'd prefer talking about catching tuna at night than we're talking about elections. But, you know, we got to get to that. We, we, we got to get to that. So, anyway, those rigs look like small cities out there in the Gulf in the middle of the night. I mean, they're just lit up and it's like a safe haven. But um, we'll talk about tuna another night. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, so, we've got an election this year. Um, Chuck Bayhan. Uh, who is currently um, assistant tournament director two is in a runoff with uh, Dan Robdell. So they both, I think posted their platforms on Facebook, both really good guys. Uh, you know, certainly if you have any questions, you can go on and you can look at their platforms and uh, what they'd like to do and what they're interested in doing. They're both very actively involved in the club. So I don't think you could go wrong with other guy. Um, you know, as, as an officer and as the host here, I'm, I'm not going to take sides or anything like that, but I really don't think you could go wrong with either guy. They both are actively involved in the club. They, they love the club. They love fishing in the club. And I think either of them would do a really good job. So, you know, take a look. If you have any questions, you can, you can contact them. Um, Todd, uh, Tyler, where, where do people vote for, for that? The, the, it's going to be on the forum or the Facebook or, or where? Yeah, I think nominations are open actually through um, October 31st. Midnight. On October 31st, so I guess it's tomorrow night. And do you know when the voting takes place? Um, it'll be posted immediately after that, I think, in um, in the club member section of the form. So only okay. you're allowed to vote if you're a club member. <clears throat> so you have to be a paid club member for that. Um, and the, the uh, you can go on BayouCoast.com. Certainly, you know, we've talked a lot about the membership and the privileges it has and everything. So and I'm not going to talk about in, that again tonight. In, so... Um, if, if you know, certainly go on there, participate on the, uh, on the board too. I mean, there's still time to, to, to nominate, you know, still have another day. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if there's somebody else out there, you think would make a good officer, get them on and look, even if they don't, um, if they don't become an officer, we still like having people, uh, we have like these little committees sometimes. So you may have an officer who's heading up a special project and he, he needs some help on that. Um, and so he'll get a couple of guys coming in. They'll, they'll certainly help him out and they'll get involved. Just, you know, people want to help out and maybe they don't have time to be a full-time officer, but they want to do their part to kind of help out the club. So certainly that's something um, if you want to do, even if you don't want to be an officer, you can say, look, I, I don't have time to do all that. I've got some kids. I'm married. I got a job, but what can I do? Can I get on a committee to help uh, you guys do anything? And certainly we'll find a place for you. We'll always find a place for somebody who wants to help out and get them involved. So, Last thing we're going to talk about tonight is next year's tournaments. Um, you know, we, we, we have the, the, the kind of the format down between the Angler of the Year and the Championship Series. Our Fallen Tide and, and Padapalooza are, 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 you know, essentially pretty much set in stone. Um, well, at least Padapalooza is. Uh, Minimalist Challenge is set in stone as well. That's going to be in Leeville uh, mid-January. haven't set the date yet. I'm going to get that date out probably in the next week or so. And that format's going to be the same. We're going to show up. We'll have a limited number of entries. I think last year it was 135. And so we'll probably have another 135. I think we're able to do that depending on our sponsors. The baits are typically donated by a sponsor. Everybody gets the same bait. You don't know about it till the morning of the tournament. You'll get your bag. Generally five baits and kind of a hard bait, maybe a, uh, a spoon or a, um, a top water or something of that nature. And those are the baits you're going to fish with. And it's a shotgun launch out of 
the Leeville Public Launch down there. So that one is just a great tournament. It's, we, get, we get a lot of people fishing it. It sells out, I think, every year for the last four or five years. So that one's kind of set in stone. What's not set in stone are our other three tournaments. So, and that's kind of like what I hear, what I'd like to hear from you tonight. If you've got any ideas about some tournaments, maybe you can comment on places you want to fish uh, that you think would make a good location for a tournament, the type of tournament you'd like to see, the format for that tournament. What we'd like to do is have at least one redfish tournament. We also like to have one trout tournament and, uh, you know, one kind of mixed tournament. It could be a slam, it could be a redfish trout. Uh, could be whatever we want it to be. A couple of years ago, we had a midnight uh, madness tournament. Last year, we had a double trouble tournament with a team tournament. That was a lot of fun, you know. And we kind of like to change change things up a little bit, so it doesn't uh, we don't fall on any kind of routine and we kind of mix things up. The other thing we want to hear from you about is a championship format, uh, as far as uh, location where you would like to see a championship uh, tournament fished out of. Just keep in mind, when we're looking at a championship site, we're looking for something that's going to be a shotgun launch. We're looking for something with hotels either on the site or close by so people can stay a night or two. And essentially an area where everybody can kind of hang out for two nights because that's really what it's about. You know, it's, it's great that we got these great prizes and a lot of people want to want to qualify for it and just because it's a great experience, kind of an end-of-the-year thing. So we're looking at doing something like that. Uh, we'd like to get your ideas on that. I've got another idea that Tyler and I bounced around too late to do it this year, but we saw them doing it in the Hobie Bass Open. I think we talked about may want to incorporate that next year to add a little maybe fifth chance for some people to get into the championship tournament. So we're going to talk a little bit about more about that and see the kind of interest we get on that and, and how people feel. And then we may end up adding that into our slate of tournaments next year. So, um, Jonathan, tell me, um, you know, you've been fishing down in Louisiana a couple of years now. You've been fishing with the club a couple of years. What, what type of, uh, what area do you like to fish and what kind of tournament would you like to see? Well, I mostly fish up and down highway 23 and then, uh, recently been fishing Hopedale and Shell Beach a good bit. Um, I think something unique maybe and fun for, uh, most people maybe would be like a redfish bass tournament as, mm -hmm. uh, maybe the hybrid option, like you were saying, um, that would be, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. We did something similar to that a couple of years ago, Tyler. Was it the, the redfish six pack or redfish rumble six pack or something? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was something like that. I think it was three reds and, and then three bass. It was, it, I it was had a choice of three bass or three bass or three trout. Right. Actually it was six fish. Right. And it could be two reds, two trout, two bass, I think, or it, it just, one fish could not exceed three. So you could actually take your choice and, it was kind of interesting. I remember Don Dubuque came on. He was talking about that tournament. He was scratching his head. Uh, this is kind of a weird right. format. Like, it's a weird format. Redfish and bass. Huh? You don't see Redfish, trout, and bass, and you can catch two of each. Or, it, was, it was a weird <laughs> format. But, yeah, we had fun, I think, in my area that I was fishing. Because, you know, you bring up a good point, Jonathan. I mean, if you're in Delacro, you know, you're catching bass and redfish. But if you go over to Hopedale, mm, you know, it's a good shot. You're going to catch trout or redfish. You know, a Reggio trout, redfish, just depending on the time of year. So yeah. that's that's certainly an interesting idea if we did a three bass, three redfish type of tournament or, or something similar. You know, um, we get any comments tonight about what anyone else is thinking, Tyler? Uh, nothing right now, no. Yeah. Maybe a flounder only tournament down Highway 23? Flounder only tournament would draw five people, <laughs> you and, and probably four of the officers. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, but it would be nice to add a, you know, maybe a flounder, you know, like a, uh, it could be a, a slam tournament, but heaviest weight. You know, I've thought about something like that where Paddlepalooza and Fallen Tide, you have to have the slam and a three fish will place higher than any two fish, no matter the weight, but a slam tournament where the heaviest weight controls. So if you have a big trout and you have a big redfish, you don't have to worry about the flounder. That, that could be something interesting. We got we got one comment. Uh, Eddie Tier says, I'd like to see a redfish and bass tournament in the springtime in St. Bernard and a trout challenge in the fall, uh, basically swapping the two from this year, which is basically what we did previously to this year. We yeah, used, that's we what we had done. Do redfish rumble in the spring mm-hmm. and uh, the trout tournament in the fall, and we kind of switched it this year. We did. We did. One of the reasons was the um, trout are a little bit unpredictable. And last year we had moved our trout tournament into November and no one caught a trout. Uh, we had a, a, a gale force windstorm come through and not one trout was caught. So that was disappointing. So I think Chuck, it was actually Chuck's idea to move uh, trout challenge up to March this year. And that went over real well. I think it was very successful. So. Um, you know, but but certainly that's that's an idea got, to keep in mind. Got a few more. Uh, Francis mm-hmm. Tran would like to see a hardhead tournament. Uh, of course. Chris Landry says if we have a flounder only tournament, we're going to need to get some more skunk hats. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Douglas Blanda said uh, maybe throw a sheep's uh, sheep's head in the in the mix. Yeah. That that'd be um, that'd be an interesting tournament, a sheep's head tournament. I mean, a lot of dead shrimp being used in that one, I think. You could maybe do a uh, a late summer Lake Pontchartrain uh, jack fishing tournament, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we, we've <laughs> every year we want to do a, a Lake Pontchartrain tournament. And every year it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, they open the spillway and no one's fishing the lake. Or you, you got to catch on the right day because if you don't catch on the right day, that lake is just unfishable. You know, you never know when the trout are coming in. The lake is an incredible place to fish if you can catch on the right day. It's just so hard getting on the right day and planning it a year in advance because you never know what's going to happen. But uh, we we did talk about doing an outcast tournament like that, where if you're looking at it a week before and you can go fish the trout like in the trestles, maybe in October, sometime in the spring when they're long out there be a great outcast because that's something that we would probably do announce it man the weather's looking great for next weekend we can do you know this on that weekend so but it's something that we've talked about a lot it's just never seems to be able to come to fruition because of the weather and other other events coming through yeah lake p can be pretty unforgiving yeah yeah it's it, it can be real bad especially in a kayak you know you get water in and you know so we talked about including it in boundaries say like St. Bernard and Lake Pontchartrain. That way you have a plan B if for some reason it's just a really bad weather day. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's one thing we could look at is if we do a trout tournament in the, in the fall in St. Bernard, something like that, we can include Lake Pontchartrain in that area. You know, um, now I'll tell you what, if the trout are running uh, and, and someone actually gets to fish the lake, they're going to win. I mean, they're going to catch some big trout in that lake if, if the trout are there. So that's that's certainly uh, something we could kind of keep in mind if we want to include that in the boundaries. I think that'd be a, a fun idea. 
All right, guys. Well, I think we're wrapping up. We're coming on an hour now. So um, we will be back in two weeks. It's going to be the uh, Tuesday before the championship. Here to answer any questions you have, go over any other rules. Uh, I've already reached out to a potential guest uh, for that that night. I'm hoping he can come on. I'd really like to talk a little bit about. Um, I think if you call him out right now, he'll feel he'll feel obligated, and he has to come. You think he'd feel obligated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to say Steve's name on the on the air. <laughs> I mean, oh shit. So anyway, if we can get our special guest on two weeks from now, I hope to have him come on and talk to us a little bit about wintertime trout fishing. Uh, you know, it's it's really not going to be cold. Hopefully, God no. Hopefully not till December, January. But the guy knows how to catch cold water trout, and uh, it'd be nice to to get some lessons coming in before it gets it gets cold out there. So. A lot of guys put away their fishing equipment come December and January, but those can actually be some real good months to catch some trout when they all start stacking up. So I'm hoping um, we can get them on. I know Steve mentioned to me that he wants to come on. We'll just see if his schedule will align and, and allow him to come on. Um, other than that, uh, you know, we will see you guys in two weeks and just be keeping an eye out on the, on the, on the board on Facebook for any updates on the championship or anything of that nature. Um, Jonathan, again, thanks for coming on tonight. Be safe while you're out there, man. And um, we will be seeing you at the championship in about three weeks or so. I'll see y'all there. If uh, anybody knows how to fish Leeville, I could show you how to fish for flounder. If you show me how to fish Leeville. (laughs) I tell you what, as soon as we figure it out, we will let you know. (laughs) Minimalist was tough this year. Minimalist is tough every year, except for about five people. So, you know, um, we spread out the love though. We spread out the love this year. It was Leeville bite my teeth, you know, bite my tongue, but you know, this year's Leeville. Last year was Highway 23, so we'll see where we where we end up next year. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for coming on, and uh, we will see you all later on. All right, see you Bye. Later. Thanks, guys. All right.